You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. You are listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where I am your host, Philip. Hey, I'm Ryan. Thank you for tuning in. We have a great episode for you today. I don't know if it's that great. Yours was awesome last week, and you told me one thing. You had one question. I'm going to repeat the question to you so you can answer it. What has been the most epic thing that you have done today? Epic thing I've done today? Hmm. Um, well, today is, we're recording this on September 22nd, which is my four-year wedding anniversary. Well, so there it is. sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice. Like, we're actually going to celebrate tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. So, we'll get some dinner and do some dancing. Um, but yeah, this morning I just gave my wife a card. So, I actually printed off a picture, uh, one of our engagement. Uh-huh. Actually, no, it was, it was a picture of the re- first reveal. So, I'm standing in this field and she's in her wedding dress and she's like covering my eyes. So yeah, made that into a card, wrote her a nice message. She, there you go. Yeah, she was uh, moved by that. And then I think we're going to bake an apple pie tonight. There you so, go. That <laughs> would be pretty epic. Awesome. Yeah. That, you can't top that. Thankful for uh, four years. My answer was pickleball. Your answer way better. Okay. <laughs> what do we got in store for the listeners today? Yeah. So one of our pillars being fervent faith. So we are, yeah, I shared my God story, my testimony, and now we have the pleasure of hearing Phil's testimony. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Put on your seatbelts, get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what do you, where do you start? You know, uh, I'll start with uh, where you started, just kind of your, your upbringing. Yeah. And uh, I had the pleasure of being brought up in, from a Christian home, both my parents, uh, my dad has a really cool story, actually was adopted by my, uh, what I thought was my grandpa, but anyway, kind of had a tough childhood and so many people poured into him in such a way that like, you can't deny the hand of God mm-hmm. in his life. Uh, and then my mother's side, uh, they just have like a rock star family of just like Christian after Christian and generational just blessings through it. And so I, I got the pleasure of, of living in that family and uh, what a joy it was. So we went to church every week, um, went to youth group and all this stuff, Sunday school, you know, the whole deal, the whole gamut. Uh, But like you and your testimony, I feel like I never really sunk into really what Jesus has done for me. I could say the prayer. I said the prayer. I mean, how many times you say the prayer just to make sure that you really are, are good, but I don't feel like I've truly had this heart transformation. Um, and so throughout, I'd say high school, always been kind of obsessed with sports and my performance and trying to not win other people over by my performance, but always trying to win other people over or trying to find the affection of other people, uh, for my satisfaction. And so in college, um, actually I would say back up in, 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 uh, high school, I met my wife, my current wife, her name is Aaron. We met at youth group. 
Um, and that whole story is a whole nother deal, but I could tell like, I just wasn't processing what Jesus had done for me. Now I could say it and we were going to youth group. That's obviously where we met, but, uh, just wasn't walking with the Lord. There really was no fruit from my transformation. And, and then also, uh, looking back at the relationships that I had in high school, almost like being, uh, what's the word? Just really embarrassed by the amount of lack of depth okay. <laughs> there were yeah. uh, with the friendships that I've had looking back now. Uh, and I've had some interactions with some of those friends and it was just like almost repulsive, like how shallow it was. Mm. So, but you don't know when you don't know and you just think it's kind of cool or whatever you think it is. But uh, so I could just see now that like, I just wasn't saved at that point, but I was going to church. So like such a scary place. Mm. Um, and it wasn't anything my parents did or it just, I just wasn't there. Uh, and God had softened my heart. And so went to college and still, um, still, Obviously, I kept kind of pursuing my wife. We kind of broke up in our freshman year. Uh, but I always knew like Aaron was the bar that everybody had to jump over. Mm-hmm. Like she just set the bar so high and always had a f- uh, feelings for her. And her birthday's in February, mine's in November. And so every time on her birthday, I would call her and wish her happy birthday. Every time on my birthday, she would call. And that would be like my favorite part of my birthday. Uh, and we would talk about having like maybe getting back the relationship. But at that point, she went to saw. Uh, ISU and she was really pouring in and really like growing her faith. And you were at you and I? I was at you and I. I was okay. a Panther. Yep. How long were you guys? Yeah. So we were apart. Um, so we were together my junior year of uh, high school and then we broke up my freshman year of college. And then we were never really together. Like we would talk and, but it never kind of came together. Here's why. Because she knew that I was not a believer. <laughs> like, and that, she that was a girl. Praying, yeah. <laughs> and she's amazing. Like, first of all, if you know my wife, you know, like, you're just nodding your head. Yep. But she would pray for me often. And like, every time we would talk every six months, she'd be like, okay, I really want to date him, but I, I can't because he's just not a believer. Like, he just doesn't get it yet. And he's still out for himself. <laughs> um, but she didn't date anybody else. Mm. So there's something. She's saying there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I get. <laughs> uh, but then every time we would have a conversation, she was like, hey, we can't talk anymore because like this isn't good. And then I would just go get another girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll just substitute. We're moving on. Um, anyway, so, so all through college, um, yeah, I'll say this to be authentic. So <laughs> we were, we're finishing up a flag football, intramural football f- game. Uh, and I lived in the same dorm room all four years of college. What? Yeah, that's uncommon, right? <laughs> In the best way. It, is it though? <laughs> so I, same room, 363 Norin, shout out if oh you're listening. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I always had a kind of the dorm room. We, we never had an RA, which is kind of like your floor. Yeah. Like I was going to ask if on. you were the RA. No, <laughs> no, we never had an RA more than a semester. They would always quit or whatever. So I was like the RA, like... You know, like everyone's like, hey, Philip, will you help me? Like, which was even better than having the, the name. It was just like a status of, hey, help. Uh, so we were all done. We were all done with this game. We were walking back and there was a student ID on the ground, okay, from somebody else. I don't know. So I picked it up and there was these like Panther bucks they called on the on these cards. And so I was like, hey, let's just go get some pop and candy. Oh, man. Yep. So we go to uh, Biscotti's, which is this like little store in this little shop and like we loaded up Ryan, like loaded up. We got pops, candy bars, ice cream, the whole thing. 
And we just like gave it to people. Like we just like, okay. So flash forward is three, three weeks later. Okay. Somebody calls me on my phone, which cell phones by then weren't really, calls me <laughs> on my night class. One thing about me too, here's something uncommon. I went to every one of my classes in college. Wow. Here's why. Because I knew I couldn't pass the test. So I had to I had to win these teachers over somehow, which was one of these classes. I took notes, but man, those tests. You not bought me. them candy and soda pop. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> so I'm in my night class and I get this call and I didn't pick it up because I was in class. So I start walking home, listen to my voicemail, and it was one of my friends, like, dude, Travis, my roommate, just got picked up by the police. They arrested him. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> So, and they were looking for you. There's a oh. paper trail that leads right to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So embarrassing. So, I walked straight into student union or whatever, the student patrol, whatever they're called. And I was like, hey, Philip Ramsey, like, I think there's been a miscommunication. They started reading me my rights. And I'm like, I'm Whoa. sorry, what? Anyway, so that night, Travis and I spent the night in jail at Waterloo Jail, like, real bad. Oh, okay. And at that point, I was like, what just happened? Right. Uh, the next day, Okay, I'm making this longer than it needs to be. But I will say that the whole judicial system is just sit around and wait. Mm. And if you know anything about me, that is the last thing that I want to <laughs> do. the worst punishment. It is the worst punishment. <laughs> like, even if, like, in today's age, like right now, if I have something that I need to call, like a company, but it's 5.30 on a Friday and I have to wait till Monday, it just, like, eats me alive. <laughs> anyway, so now this is, like, multiply that by two or three months. That's where we were at. Uh, but in the meantime, since I knew a lot of people at college, I think I was a, I think I was a senior. So it was like kind of closer to my end of my college. I figured out who I stole from. <laughs> like who did, who was the card that I actually stole? Uh, and then I found the room that he was in. Mm. So I walked in, I knocked on the door and I remember he was a freshman. I think he was from Waukee, if I remember mm. right. Saw my face and just completely like ghost white. Like, oh shoot, like I am going to get beat up. And I remember like, hey, man, I'm not mad at you. Like, I did you wrong. Like, so, he knew that. You yeah. And he was like, I didn't want to press charges, but they kind of made me like, and I was like, hey, man, I'm not upset. Like, I just wanted to say sorry. And like, hey, let's go get you all the candy that I stole from you for my card. Like, <laughs> so, we loaded him up. It's like, it was like $61, I think it was. So, like, crazy. I don't know. But it was a lot to us at that point. So, we loaded him up and I was like, hey, man, I, I just want to say sorry and whatever, whatever. Anyway, long story short, let's go back to court. They expunged my whole record. Like, hey, because that you did things right, and I think it's your first thing, like, just don't have anything wrong. Like, anyway, got kind of my hand slapped, which I should have. Like, it totally was me. But through that whole process, I remember thinking, like, how out of control I was. And, like, there has got to be something or someone that I can put my trust and rely on in this time. And honestly, like, it... God didn't really come to mind. Does that make sense? Like, I think he should have, but that's how further away I was. It was always like, hey, I'm going to control things. It's on me. I can pull myself up with my bootstraps, yeah, yeah. you know, that stuff. So, that's just kind of where I was. Uh, so, get through that whole thing. Uh, and then after college, had some great opportunities. That's a whole story in and of itself. Uh, but <clears throat> I remember having a house, uh, had a roommate in the house, and my uncle came. And for the weekend. And it was at that point that he was like, listen, let's just pretend that you have $20 million of debt on you. And there was somebody that came and wiped off all your debt. And not only said, hey, I'm wiping off your debt. You have no more debt. But if you get in trouble again, I'll do it again. Hmm. And I was like, I want a part of that. <laughs> so it was that, you know, like, uh, 
you know, the wages of sin is death. Those scriptures in Romans that were like so revealing to me that I was like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. So I started going up to Cornerstone up in Ames, which was the place where my wife started finding her faith. Mm. And I remember going there and and starting to like get that expository teaching, which is like, hey, they start in chapter one, verse one, they go till verse seven, and they really depict what the author was talking about. Yep. And in that, you can be like, well, that's kind of convicting for me. Like, what can I do different? And it was just like the Bible God's word was 3D in my life. Mm. Like, holy cow, I want to know more about that. And up up to that point in my whole like faith, it was always go to church and it was very topical, yep. very etheric. Like, it's like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about today. And I'm not saying they were taking it out of context, but I'm telling you, friends, I was so disconnected mm. and thinking about my day or whatever. And again, I was like eight. So, <laughs> but I just never was really dialed in. But up in Cornerstone, it was crazy how the word of God transformed my life. And I got into a guy's group, a connection group, um, and they met weekly. It was up in Ames. And I remember meeting some of my closer friends of just like, these relationships that I'm having now are completely different than what I used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because I was being authentic and transformed by by Jesus. It was mm-hmm. like a whole new creation. And everything was just different for me. Like even serving other people and leading in a position because I was in a manager role at that point was different. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I I had a skill. It was because I was doing it because somebody else was even better than me, which was Jesus. And I was understanding that more and more and it was transforming my my thoughts and actions and words, uh, and which was fascinating. Hey, this is Philip. And Ryan. Taking a quick break from our episode to bring you a huge announcement. Registration for our live experiences is now open. That's great, Philip. What are the experiences? I'm glad you asked, Ryan. We're offering two experiences. The Uncommon Escape is just that, a 16-hour escape that will disrupt your daily routine with a fun competition and exercises for personal growth. All while you get to know fellow Uncommoners, you'll walk away with three things. Renewed energy and focus, authentic friendships and like-minded men, actionable tools to enhance your relationships and attain worthwhile goals. That sounds fun. What's the other experience? The other option is our Elevate experience, the one I'm personally excited about. It's a 48-hour retreat specifically geared towards men desiring to go further, faster, and have a ton of fun in the process. You'll enjoy unique experiences and elevate your personal growth through expert coaching and intensive hands-on training. You will walk away with three things, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, a six-month action plan to achieve your most transformative goals, and a clear, defined sense of identity and purpose in your life. Wow, that sounds uncommon and awesome. How do I get in on this? Another great question. Uh, Use the link in the show notes and fill out your application. Once we review your application and you're accepted, we'll reach out with the next steps. We're only taking eight men on each experience, so get your application in ASAP and take that next step to your uncommon journey today. So this was, man, I can't remember exactly the date, but it was, you know, the whole six months where like my my wife turns, you know, her birthday's in February. And I remember calling her on that time and she knew right away, like something's different. And we had this conversation and she knew right then that her prayers were answered that like I, I came to faith. I understood the work that Jesus has done for me and nothing that I did. And I think that's something that I kind of got hung up to on when I was younger is like, Hey, I prayed, I prayed the prayer. Why am I still sinning? It was like this like disconnect of like, I shouldn't sin now. I'm a believer. Yeah. 
which is not the case, right? It's, it's that Jesus has done the, he's like the perfect sacrifice. And yeah, even though you're going into debt even more, like I'll still, I'll, I'll get you out of debt, you know? And that, that part right there of like, even if you go into debt even more, I'll still cover your debt. It makes you not want to go back into debt. Instead of like, let's go get more debt. Like, no, it's like, I want to be able to, to honor this sacrifice and the work that you've done. And there's really nothing I did. And I understood that, hey, I'm dead to my own sin, but I'm alive in you. And, and what a transformation happened. And so now just thinking about my work, I do it with passion. Because I get to serve a God that did his ultimate work. I have relationships that are deeper than ever. I really don't have a lot of time for surface level. Mm only because I have so many other deep relationships. And if, if other people just aren't me with the, the depth and just go talk to them, like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to waste your time either. Uh, so, but my health, I look differently. Like this is God's temple, not mine. Mm. And how am I going to do this? And I would say that I fail at that. That's probably my, my weakest thing. Cause I just eat cookies <laughs> anyway. But my stewardship of like having like awesome godly people hold me accountable to be like, hey, you should give more financially. This was maybe three years ago. And like all the excuses that I was thinking in my head, I just submitted to like, yeah, I need to, you know? And so thinking of just my resources, but also my time of just serving other people and this whole day and age of people thinking like, all you have to do is just think inward and try what makes you happy. I would say is complete baloney. It's like, how can you pour out to other people? Because Jesus poured out ultimately for us, yeah. that's happiness. So that's uh, stewardish. But my visions, even like my goals and my dreams have been changed enough to say like, hey, it's really not in my control. I can try to set a true north, but it, ultimately it's God's way to be like, no, you're not going to go that way. You're going to change it up. So that's changed. And then just my faith has just been a huge pillar of everything else and that we've talked about this is interwoven and all these other different pillars right. um so much so that like that's what i want to be known for and this is such a dumb stupid thing but i've always wanted to be part of a board this was dumb like i think i was like i got things to contribute to like a board of a business or whatever uh anyway i, I get to be on the board of my church which is eldership which is like the ultimate board that I'd ever want to be on. Mm -hmm. And the time that it takes and the sacrifice that it takes, yeah, it takes a lot, but it's a part of God's board to be able to shepherd his people. Like what else wouldn't I do? And so that's kind of a fun thing that I get to be a part of. And it's all because Jesus transformed my life. Yeah. Um, so. That's awesome. There it is. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, you touched on how your faith has impacted all the other uh areas of your life um i was gonna ask like what's what's one thing that you feel god has really been like teaching you yeah. lately yeah this is this is good uh without getting into too much of it i feel like god hasn't asked me to judge anybody he's the ultimate judge i just have to love other people i have to love other people and point them to jesus mm -hmm. However, and he's given me this ultimate gift, I think, of winning others over uh, in a special way. Like there's just times where sitting down with somebody, you, God just gives me the idea of like, hey, just be authentic here and that will win them over. But not do it for me, but for ultimately Jesus. And I think in times in my, my life and still struggle with today, I can be very judgmental of like, oh, they haven't figured it out. I've figured it out. Like... <laughs> 
not so winsome, Philip, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but the ultimate like judgment comes from Jesus. Like he is the ultimate, like God is the ultimate judge. And what I'm hopeful in is that he's going to see me through the work that his son did. Like he doesn't see me because if he did, he'd be like, yep, cast him to hell. You're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not the guy, but Jesus is going to step in there and be like, look at, look at this one through my eyes. Uh, and so that's ultimately what he's calling me to do is like, I don't need to judge. I need to love other people. And I want to try to show them a glimpse of what Jesus has done in my life. However, I can do that, mm-hmm. whether it's on the ultimate Frisbee field by just encouraging people. Um, but right now, especially post-pandemic, I feel like there's a lot of people who are trying to find their happiness um, and they're just not finding that satisfaction. And so how can we somewhat win them over with encouragement words, but ultimately say like, Jesus is the reason why I'm encouraging you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, like my vocation of uncommon wealth is I, I love this. Um, it was Francis Chan who was doing a sermon, had this long rope and he was like, Hey, let's just pretend this rope goes on forever. And he was like, and let's just say our life here on earth is the first foot. And he was like, all right, out of this first foot, like from, from, from birth to death, he's like, we all get so worried about our retirement, which is probably like the last four inches of this thing, mm-hmm. you know, like he's like, but what about eternity afterwards? And he's, I love that because if I can be a good steward with some people's finances in retirement, I hope that gives me credit to be able to talk about the ultimate salvation, which is the eternity and yeah. how to ultimately get that. And the best rate of return they can ever do is submit and pray, yep. you know, store so. up eternal treasure that will never spoil it or fade. Yes. And, like, and we can't even fathom in this life what it would even be. <laughs> we can't. And, and, and there's just so many things coming out right now. And I'm so grateful. I'm not that smart because my brain doesn't work like that. Like it, they talks about childlike faith. I feel like I have that. Yeah. Like I don't really, those, that's a way big theological discussion. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but I do know the work that Jesus has done in yeah. my life. And I've seen the transformation, not only in my life, but in other people's lives yours and many other people that has encouraged me and spurred me on to be even more. And how encouraging is that? You know, it's, it's just seeing people transform and change and want to be better. And, and that's what I would say. Ultimately, like the fact is, is, Hey, I'm still going into debt and still Jesus is there to say, Hey, I've forgiven you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to be humble uh, and honest, so authentic and real that truly is the ultimate freedom is that like God's the one who's going to be able to judge all of us. Mm. And I hope those people or the people that I get to interact with, I can show them who Jesus is. Yeah. Awesome. There's my, there's my story. Well, yeah. Closing it out. What, uh, cause you asked me this, what would be kind of some action that you would encourage listeners to take? Yeah. I would say you, for the people who are believers, let me tell you, I got two. For the people who are believers, surround yourself with the community and and then being honest about your thoughts and what's going on, no matter how difficult or no matter how dark those thoughts are, being honest with people and, and watch what happens. Because I do believe the devil is trying to tell people like, no one will like you. No one will accept you. Don't tell anybody that, which is the opposite of what will happen here's what's happening in my life. People will be drawn to you. They'll be able to help you. They'll be able to shepherd you. They'll be able to like truly encourage you in a way that 
uh, is powerful. So that's for my believing friends. For the, for the listeners that aren't a believer, man, I would say that this is such a big thing that will transform your life every day. You have to do the research for yourself. You have to start reading uh, about books. You have to talk to people. But ultimately, like this is your decision. Like there's no other way uh, around it. It's like this is something that my children have to pick for themselves. Yeah. Um, we've had to pick for ourselves. But ultimately, like do the research because here's here's why. The consequences are big, right? Yeah, eternal. And they're eternal. They're eternal and they have so much to be able to show you from now on to the end of the earth or the end of your time on earth, there's, there's an impact that happens. There's a satisfaction that can be truly obtained from understanding somebody who's sacrificially given it all to you. Um, so that's what I would say to them. Kind of similar to what you said. Yeah. It makes me think of, so, you know, Jesus asked Peter, like, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And that's, Really, that's the most important question that we answer in this life is like, who do we say that Jesus is? And by ignoring the question and not answering it, like you are answering it. Yeah. So, And I like that, again, back to this, like I'm not the smartest guy for the record, but I like that there's a lot of other smarter people before me that have like, I'm going to prove this wrong. Like the case for Christ. And it's like, Jay Strobel. Lee Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel. Yeah, Yeah, there's a movie. Yeah. I'm going to go prove this wrong. And at the end it's like, oh boy, I can't (laughs) and so if i can't i need to then sacrifice and believe and and truly repent whoa let's go yeah so what a cool thing for sure so that's i'd say that's what i would say just to close it out is this is who do you say jesus is in your life nobody else's life and and then i'll also say too we are all hypocrites i think that's a huge story of well i just know too many christians that are hypocrites yeah that's true. Yep. Uh, and I am one of those. Me too. And so, sorry. But you can't let that deter you from wh- who do you say Jesus is in your life. And and I I'm, I'm confident that at some day you'll have to figure that out. I'm hopeful that'll be on this side of your life. Right. <laughs> um and again, who knows. But uh ultimately, I'm not there to judge you, but I am here to love you and I know the ultimate love. Uh, it's from Jesus. So Amen. If you have any questions or any any want to even process through, man, Ryan and I are here. Yeah, we're here. We'd reach love out. to hear that. Reach out, uh, or just reach out to a friend and and ha- have conversations. Like that's a big deal. And I think nowadays social media, it's not as easy to have authentic conversations, uh, or, or maybe in your head. I think it'd probably be easier once you start talking. But there you go. Awesome. Well, you've been listening to The Uncommon Podcast with your man, Philip and Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. Till then, hey, go go grab somebody, read a book, uh, figure this out for yourself because asking who Jesus is for you is a big deal. 